Some people question whether the miracles found in the New Testament really happened. Hello, I'm Phil Sanders, and this is a Bible study in search of the Lord's way. Today, we're exploring a miracle that reveals the power and authority of the Lord Jesus. In all the hurry and hustle and confusion of modern living, the Lord has the way. We believe that the Bible is the revelation of His way. We invite you to join us in Search of the Lord's Way with Phil Sanders. Welcome to In Search of the Lord's Way. We're here to search the Scriptures for God's will. There are so many valid reasons to trust the Scriptures, to teach the truth. The Lord Jesus Himself always regarded the events recorded in Scripture as true events. Whether it was creation crossing the Red Sea or Jonah with a great fish, the Lord Jesus spoke of these matters as real, not myths or legends. We can trust the Lord. Thanks for taking time with us today. We'd love to hear from you, and we want to be a part of your life each week. A miracle is an act or event that occurs outside the, the bounds of natural order. It's supernatural. Some say they cannot believe the Scriptures because they include miracles that go beyond the natural. Well, they haven't personally seen a miracle, and they've decided that miracles aren't possible. Of course, Christianity is built upon the conviction of the miracle that God raised Jesus from the dead. The Lord Jesus, in addition, had performed many signs, wonders, and miracles before He arose from the dead. When they learned Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, the enemies of Jesus said, What are we doing? For this man is performing many signs at his miracles, and if we let him go on like this, all men will believe in him. John 11, verses 47 to 8. Now, they admitted that the miracles of Jesus were real, and He was worthy of believing. And they determined that Jesus must die because He posed a threat to their way of life and their nation. And if His miracles were not real, He wouldn't have posed a threat. They even decided to put Lazarus to death, John 12 and verse 10. Now, such facts help us to understand the miracles of Jesus in His day were undeniable they would be astonished at anyone who would claim that they didn't happen. This is an important study on a noteworthy miracle, and we offer it free. If you'd like a printed copy and live in the United States, mail your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma, 73083, or send an email to searchtv at searchtv.org. Or you can call our toll-free telephone number. That number is 1-800-321-8633. We also have materials free on our website at searchtv.org and on YouTube. Larry Owsley will now lead us as we worship in song. We'll read from Acts 2, 22-24, and we'll explore another notable miracle in the book of Acts.
Our reading today comes from Acts 2, verses 22 to 24. These are the words of Peter on the day of Pentecost, referring to Jesus, His death, burial, and resurrection. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through Him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Yes, Jesus was able to be raised from the dead. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that Your Word tells these wonderful stories, not only of the Lord's death upon the cross, but Father, also how You raised Him from the dead. And Father, help us to have faith in these events that took place so long ago. Help us always to do Your will. In Jesus' name, amen. The things that Jesus did weren't done in a corner, Acts 26, 26. People throughout the land of Israel knew about them. Peter said the miracles of Jesus were attested by God to the Jews, so we can believe them as well. Not only does the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell of the Lord's miracles, the book of Acts also reveals how the apostles worked miracles by the power of God. Acts chapter 3 and 4 discuss a, a specific miracle that took place in front of a multitude of people at the temple. In Acts 3 and verse 1, Peter and John went up to the temple at the ninth hour to pray. The ninth hour was three in the afternoon, a time when many people gathered at the temple to pray. God, however, had more in mind for them that day than merely praying. 
what they did there that day would leave an impact on their lives and open the door for them to preach the gospel. Acts 3, 2-3 says, And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. Well, this lame man from birth had to be carried to his location at the gate called Beautiful. He was more than 40 years old, and his inability to walk was evident to the people in Jerusalem. He had been in that same location every day begging for alms to stay alive. Acts 3, 4-7 says, But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. What Peter and John did for this lame man was far better than the alms the man asked for. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Now alms may have fed this man for a day or so, but the ability to walk gave this man a whole new life. More than merely trying to help a man, Peter and John wanted all Jerusalem to know of the power of Jesus Christ. Acts 3, 8-10 says, With a leap he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Peter uses this event to preach the gospel. Acts 3, 12 to 16 says, While he, that is the man who was healed, was clean to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we've made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of your fathers, has glorified His servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in His name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through Him has given Him this perfect health in the presence of you all. The power of miracles doesn't originate in men, but in God. God can do what men alone cannot do. Now because they rejected Jesus and crucified Him, Peter called the people to repent. Acts 3.19 says, Therefore repent 
and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Peter clearly proclaimed the authority of the Lord Jesus and the need for all the people to hear and obey Him. Acts 3, 22-23 says that Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Well, these, of course, were very strong words, and they challenged the authority of the control of those who condemned Jesus. And so in Acts 4, verses 1 to 4, that gives us the result of this message. It says, As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, uh, temple guard that is, and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. On the next day, the priests, rulers, elders, and scribes gathered in the council. The group that sat in judgment of Peter and John was the same group which put Jesus to death. They asked in verse 7, By what power or by what name have you done this? Verses 8 to 10, they reply, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. They revealed God who raised Jesus from the dead also and how He had the power to heal this lame man's legs, feet, and ankles. Peter not only told them the Lord Jesus is not only the prophet prophesied by Moses, He's also the stone prophesied in Psalm 118. Peter said in Acts 4 verses 11 to 12 that he is the stone which was rejected by you the builders which which became the chief cornerstone and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved now just as Jesus is unique in his death upon the cross for our sins and unique in His resurrection from the dead. So He is unique in His ability to save. In this chapter, two things reveal the uniqueness and power of the Lord Jesus. The prophecies from hundreds of years before and the miracles themselves. Now no one but God could know the future. And no one but God could immediately and completely heal a man born lame. Acts 4, 13 to 14 says, Now as they, that is the council, observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. 
Well, what could they say? Everyone saw what had happened. So the council in Acts 4 verse 16 asked Peter and John to leave and they, they convened and they asked one another, What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. The crowds at the temple had seen the miracle and there was no way that they could say that it didn't happen. They couldn't deny the truth when the evidence was so clear. Let's remember, the evidence was clear to both those who were believers and those who were enemies. It was beyond dispute. People who deny miracles cannot explain why the enemies of Jesus would not deny this miracle. They did the only thing they could do. They tried to keep the apostles from preaching Jesus to the people. Acts 4, 17-18 reveals what the council told Peter and John. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now here were some very powerful people who couldn't deny the miracle but felt that they could silence the apostles. They didn't realize they were fighting a power bigger than they were. Acts 4, 19-20 says, that Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. In their hearts... God came first. They had a message so powerful and so true, they could never stop speaking. They knew they were telling the truth, regardless of what the council commanded them. They would obey God. Acts 4, 21-22 says, When they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. They could threaten, but they couldn't stop the apostles from preaching Jesus. You see, the apostles were eyewitnesses of His resurrection, and the power of God that healed the lame man only confirmed the truth of their message. Remember Acts 4 and verse 4. Peter and John delivered their message at the temple before they were arrested. And it says, Many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. You see, the healing of the 40-year-old man who was lame from birth, a man they all knew, convinced them of the truth of what the apostles taught. And there's no doubt, no doubt at all, that his healing showed serious physical changes in the man's legs, feet, and ankles. And they could see it for themselves. Seeing a man who couldn't walk leaping in the temple was truly astonishing. They knew that God had done that. And if God could do that, He could also raise Jesus from the dead. So why, why does all this matter to us today? Well, it matters because we today are having to decide as to what we believe, just like the people at the temple that day.
Will we believe in the power of God to raise the dead and heal the lame? Or will we deny His power? Will we look to Jesus for salvation? Will we be numbered among the believers? Will we obey God or will we obey men? Will we listen to the doubters who can't deny this noteworthy miracle or acknowledge the truth? You see, the teaching of Scripture often calls us to decide whether we will follow Jesus in faith or follow men who doubt but cannot explain. Since Jesus saves, since He is risen from the dead, let's follow Him. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for these stories, these true stories about those who were believers and those who were enemies seeing the same miracle and knowing that it was true. Father, help this to build our faith and our commitment to follow You and Your Son, Jesus. Father, in all things, we pray that we may obey Your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John remained faithful. They lived up to their faith in Christ. Peter would later encourage Christians in 1 Peter 4, 14 to 16, that if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. By no means let any of you suffer as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed but in that name, let him glorify God. We don't have to be ashamed of our faith in Jesus Christ or in what he taught. The historian Gary Habermas told Lee Strobel in the case for Christ, without question, the amount of testimony and corroboration of Jesus' post-resurrection appearances is staggering. To put it in perspective, if you were to call each one of the witnesses into a court of law to be cross-examined for just 15 minutes each, and you went around the clock without a break, it would take you from breakfast on Monday until dinner on Friday to hear them all. After listening to 129 straight hours of eyewitness testimony, who could possibly walk away unconvinced? Placing your trust in Christ is based on a solid foundation, not a leap in the dark. 
to become a Christian, place your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, repent of sin, and turn to the Lord's ways. Confess your faith and be baptized into Christ. And just as God gave new life to Christ, God will give newness of life to you when you're baptized, according to Romans 6, 3-7. Your old man of sin will die, and you'll be born again free from sin. Your new life in Christ will be an abundant life, and you'll have eternal life. Yes, obey the Lord today. We hope that today's study about this notable miracle has deepened your faith in the Lord. And if you live in the United States and want a free printed copy of this message, mail your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083. Or send an email to searchtv at searchtv.org. Or you can call the search office toll-free at 1-800-321-8633. There's also a schedule of our programs and a map with the location of churches in your area at searchtv.org. You can watch Search anytime on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, Search TV Ministry. Now be sure to like the programs that you watch. This helps spread the program. We also offer free Bible correspondence courses. Now if you get a hold of us, don't worry, we're not asking for money. We're here to help you draw close to God. We do ask that you focus your heart on God by worshiping at church. Everyone needs a church family, and there's probably a Church of Christ near you. If you're looking for a healthy, biblical church home, we'll gladly help you find one. We'll be back next week, Lord willing. So keep searching God's Word with us and tell a friend about this program. As always, we say God bless you and we love you from all of us at In Search of the Lord's Way.